Welcome to the Cultured Magazine podcast, Points of View, bringing you intimate interviews with creative leaders reflecting on their personal journeys and their visions for the future. I'm your host, Sienna Fiquette. In today's episode, I speak to Earth Eater, a multi-instrumentalist, producer, composer, and vocalist. We get into the depths of her musical practice, her upbringing and discovery of the Powerpuff Girls, her love of fashion and being a longtime Mugler runway girl, honing her body confidence and sexual liberation, her advice to emerging young artists, and what's coming up musically on her horizon, including a cheeky new Grand Theft Auto-inspired music video. Hi, Alex. Thank you for being my guest today, the iconic Earth Eater. Um, How are you doing? I'm well. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And we were talking about this before. This is the first interview I'm able to do in my house. You're Mm -hmm. here in the flesh looking very cute and a little mini skirt and blazer. This is very uh, uh, boarding school vibes. (laughs) Yeah. Back to the drawing board. I'm like in um, work mode. Okay, this is yeah. you, the the business attire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, love it. Um, so I guess first question is just as a artist and a performer, how has you know this past year been for you? More incubating mm-hmm. and being intentional about projects, not being able to perform and be out, um, you know, trying out new tracks for for your fans. Um, I also know you did a residency on the Cayman mm-hmm. Islands at the very start of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. if you could just speak a little on that experience. Um, actually, that was pretty recent. So it was like uh, in April and May. That's And, and it I got did. pushed too. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, that was much needed because yeah this year was very hard um I I feel like I'm so used to touring and traveling so much and like it always I always feel like when everything is changing around me it's easier to have a sense of like self and like and um when I'm stagnant and not moving uh, I like, I don't know. It's it just, it was, it was hard. I was sort of like dissipating into like the apartment, just like, you know, add into the apartment. I don't know. I just like need to be moving around a lot. Mm. I need to like be splat against a lot of different things to be reminded of my constant, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, definitely. You know? Um, so I, to be honest, I was not that creative, like, and, and I definitely beat myself up a lot because I felt like I should have just been like recording the whole time. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I did record a few songs, which I like, um, but they're sort of few and far between. Um, luckily, I had Phoenix to keep me busy. Yeah. yeah. I had just finished everything. Um, right before shutdown, I literally shot the album cover in London on March fourth, and then it the was city like, co- yeah, right after immediately after, that. after yeah. So thank goodness. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear in here. I was gonna <laughs> thank <Yeah>. fuck because <laughs> uh, it was yeah. I like if I ha- if that whole project had put- been put on hold for a year, it would have just been the most frustrating thing. So like. Yeah, even though I wasn't able to play shows, having 
like putting out that album was actually really lovely. Yeah, and it was beautiful. And I think like being able to take the time to reflect on a project immediately yeah. after it's completed is like everything. You know, I think, you know, you move very fast. It's like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You like had this this pause, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And like I think, you know, I didn't know that this was gonna happen, that the, you know, whatever quarantine was gonna be a major thing in all of our lives. Um, But it was perfect for this record because it was like, you know, it's an intimate, quiet album. Mm -hmm. Well, not always, but I think it it, it does like, you know, I think that like the introspectiveness of it was working with kind of the emotions that were starting to come out during that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, So, your music is amazing and transformative. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I really appreciate is the artistry that comes into realizing that in music videos, mm-hmm. like those yeah. music videos are like films. They're like <laughs> full on storytelling and really special. So I wanted to ask a little bit about, mm-hmm. you know, what goes on in your head behind the scenes when conceptualizing mm-hmm. videos um, mm-hmm. for your music. Um, I'm thinking especially about, um, the video uh, Faith Consuming Hope, mm. um, which is one of my favorites. And it takes place in Russia. You filmed that in Russia? Uh, Kiev, Ukraine. In the Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so cinematic Thank and you. beautiful. So I just wanted to hear about yeah. that, that process. That video, well, that was an exciting project because the um, Elliot, the director, reached out to me and said that he would pay for the whole thing. Um, and wow. I've never, like I've always operated on a shoestring budget. So, you know, it just like literally draining my account. My, I've like, <laughs> for that, for the inclined video, I spent my last $300 on the ice swan. <laughs> you know, like these are the things that are priorities in my life. The investments. Yeah. Um, you know, and then just be like eating like rice and beans and sriracha for like the next three weeks or whatever until like, but um yeah so we had a budget for that which was amazing and then also we shot it in ukraine where um it's very affordable to make a video like the production company and just like cameras and you know really skilled people um yeah just like the exchange rate makes it easy to uh, make something really really top so um yeah it felt it felt like a major shift um being able to do that you know like having all these amazing camera operators and steady cams and you know cranes and whatnot whatever (laughs) but there weren't actually any cranes but (laughs) uh felt like that though you know it felt like that um but uh yeah I guess with that there's nothing really like I don't know how it happened it just sort of popped in my head and that's how a lot of my ideas come it just like appears like fully flat the whole complete idea I remember that happening with the idea for inclined too it's like okay yeah the I'm gonna give a massage chair a massage and like And and then give it acupuncture with pearl tipped needles. And it was just very clear in my head. And I don't know. I just, yeah. (laughs) I I wish I had like, I wish I had a more sort of step-by-step process to like divulge. But 
no, it's, yeah, it's sort of, and then I, it's very frustrating when I don't have that. Cause sometimes it's like, okay, where's the idea? Come on, give me the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, give me the gold, give me the gold, you know, and you just have to sit sometimes, you know, my managers will be like, okay, treatment is due in three days. Get your creative juices flowing. And I'm like, ugh. Just like waiting. <laughs> waiting then, for genius you know, to strike. But the thing is, I know that it will come. Yeah. So it's like, I I am pretty stubborn. Like I will push back deadlines and just wait because then lo and behold, always like, boom, it comes eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, here's the idea. Got it. Let's go. Um, but yeah, I definitely drive my team crazy because I'll be like <laughs> just really pushing things. Yeah. I kind of love that though. I think not succumbing to pressure and timelines, obviously uh, honoring and yeah. being respectful, but being like, let's not rush. Let's not, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. always better in the long term yeah. to just like make things just, I, I'm like to stay with the magic. Yes. You know, I'm like, yeah. yes, it is my job. Yes. This is my livelihood. This is an other people's livelihood connected to me, which you know, it's a responsibility, but the first thing is always just the magic mm. keeping, staying to that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And okay. When you first came in, you were telling me about, um, a music video mm-hmm. that you're in the works for yeah. right now. So say what you can tease what you can. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, um, it's really exciting, super fun. Um, it's definitely the song is a gag. It's just like, me drinking dumb bitch juice, like, <laughs> like pounding dumb bitch juice boxes. Um, no, not literally, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's just a real, I think cause the, the last album was very emotional and very serious. And, um, so I definitely had this sort of like my, my impulse lyrically was right now has been very cheeky and just like fun. Um, and it's just, you know, sexy summer time. So, um, that's definitely what this song is giving. Um, the premise of the song or like the sort of game, if you will, is the idea that the idea of like Grand Theft Auto, like stealing cars and taking over a car, pirating a vehicle by giving roadhead and getting the guy to crash the car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah. so that's like yeah so there's like me and these other girls in the video um yeah just like find ways to like and it's referencing the game gta 2 so we like all are walking and moving in gta sort of like movement style and rip open the door and like pull out the passenger and get in and then like (gasps) you sort of see the car speed away and then slowly like just crash into the side of side <laughs> and like not really not like a not an accident like a not like a big crash like like the, like the first lyric is like I jumped in the whip so fast but he crashed it so slow like mm. it's just like this so it's just like it's just stupid like yes you just like see all these cars just like rolling off the road really slowly and just like knocking over a trash can <laughs> and then like a girl's head popping up and being like goofy smile with like lipstick smudged oh my yeah. god it's, yeah it's gonna be good I'm excited when is that <laughs> release um that is coming out August 20th 
Okay, August yeah, 20th. So That's soon. about a month out. So yeah. everyone stay tuned for Get that. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> okay, so before I mistook the location for that music video for Russia, but it was the Ukraine, yeah. but you yourself are Russian. Yes. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me <laughs> a little bit about your your family and your upbringing. Um, so my dad escaped the Soviet Union early. Uh, he married Melinda McLean, who was the daughter of Donald McLean, who was one of the three main spies in the Cold War, the English spies that divulged the American atomic information to Russia. Oh, pretty juicy. My God. Yeah. So he escaped the Soviet Union early by marrying her and smuggled, got smuggled out. And um, he was obsessed with John Lennon and like the Beatles, like as all Russians during the Soviet Union were. Um, so I can't stand the Beatles. I don't get it. <laughs> but, uh, but he, so he was like, we have to go to um, New York. So moved to New York. The day he moves to New York, John Lennon is shot really intense. Whoa. So that's a little anecdote about my dad. Um, and then he eventually leaves Melinda and then meets my mom who's English and just happened like my mom swore to never come to the United States. She hates America, um, and Americans and, but her mother married an American terrible tisk tisk. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so she had to like eventually come and visit her mother. And so, yeah, they met on the upper West side, New York city, melting pot. Yeah. Wow. First gen. That's me. Wow. So and then they had me and my three brothers. And so, yeah, that's the backstory. And then um, it's weird because my dad was Russian, grew up in the Soviet Union where religion was, you know, not a thing. You know, they burdened all the churches, all this. And then after the Soviet Union fell, orthodoxy had a major like resurgence. And now it's actually like a very conservative country. And like the church is very much intertwined with like you know politics again weirdly um so but my so my dad is like completely atheist like does not not spiritual at all my mom grew up very um atheist anglican you know sort of well-educated english lady um but she fell in love with orthodoxy so it's really weird she's english but then she converted to russian orthodoxy interesting yeah and became very 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 strict and very religious um and sort of became obsessed with monasteries and monastics so that's why the the, i was like referencing the nuns in the video and just growing up because i grew up with a lot of nuns which was great love them (laughs) love them them. (laughs) yeah wait that's crazy i didn't know any of that yeah so so i was homeschooled yeah, mom is very radical. Homeschooled, extremely, um, you know, rejecting of society mm-hmm. and lives a kind of fringe life, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a house in the middle of the woods, middle of nowhere with a VPN and just like <laughs> <laughs> and goes to church at the monastery <laughs> next door and has chickens. Okay. Um, but yeah, so. And then I was raised homeschooled you know sort of yeah weird and sort of contradicting upbringing because my dad was sort of you know a party hardy russian artist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And then my mom was this really religious English lady. Yeah, that's interesting that they found each other. I'm opposites attract, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they attracted for so long. Right, right. (laughs) My dad left when I was quite young. (laughs) Well, they made me, so. Yeah, right. Not for nothing. You're welcome. And beautiful. And wait, so being, how was the homeschooling experience? Um. Uh, I was like chronically lonely. I had like very, very little um, socializing. So I remember being just starving for friendships Mm -hmm. and connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that has, I I realized like I, when I break down myself psychologically, that now as an adult, I like see how that plays into who I am so much. I'm just like such a ham. (laughs) I always just like a golden retriever, just like- panting like pay attention to me like love me um that, but, no that makes sense that makes total sense though. and also very add just like a golden retriever like squirrel <laughs> um what's that under the porch what's like, go dig it up <laughs> um but yeah um homeschooling was cool like i i i'm really grateful for it mm-hmm. um there's yeah it's definitely a lot of the ways in which I like struggle to be an adult, I think is also, I I blame it on homeschooling. I'm like filling out forms and like paying attention and remembering that I'm just, I'm very like chaos queen, (laughs) Um, which yeah, homeschooling definitely enabled that. Interesting. Um, Because, you know, there was very little structure. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to show up to anything. I didn't have to like, you know, we didn't have tests. We didn't have grades. We didn't have any of that, you know? Um, but one thing I think is that it did like instill a sense that like curiosity is the currency of my education or whatever. I talked a lot about that with my album, Iris Siri. That album was sort of about like being an autodidact and like, be like, if you want to f- learn something, you can figure it out. A hundred percent. Especially with the internet now. Right. Yeah. YouTube. YouTube tutorials. That's how I learned how to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> We're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm grateful for it. It was definitely weird. Um, but, yeah, my I was like, I spent most time with horses than I did That's humans. right. Mm-hmm. Equestrian. Yeah. So we had horses. We had a lot of horses. We had, I had um, this really scruffy little pony that we rescued from a sort of abusive situation at an Amish farm. Oh, wow. They, they're very... I mean, yeah, no offense, but they're pretty, they're pretty rough with their horses. They like beat them and stuff. Oh no, that's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so he was super head shy, Mm -hmm. which means like he won't let anyone touch his head. Yeah. So you obviously can't ride them, but yeah, I just like befriended him. I was like six years old. He became my best friend and I was the only one that he would like. He would, he would, would only let me touch him and we became steadfast buddies and eventually did like shows together and show jumping and stuff. Oh my God. That was like my favorite thing to do. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Definitely going to need footage of that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll find some good photos. We'll find that later. (laughs) Wait, that's incredible. Yeah. It was great. I was actually just thinking about. I was part of the 4-H, which is like this country kid organization. It's called like 4-H to stand for like health, heart, um, uh, hope, hope, maybe hope. Yeah, I think hope and like 
uh, I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, 4-H was cool. Um, it was like super nerdy, awkward moments. But now I like look back at it pretty fondly. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go back to Honesdale where I grew up and go see the show, like the horse shows again. And like, it'd be just really interesting, I think. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Maybe in August. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little trip. Yeah. So, okay. So then when did you move to New York? Um, I moved to New York when I was 18. And yeah, um, kind of pretty much sort of dropped out of high school. Um, but then got... My mom says that I got my diploma through Pennsylvania homeschoolers. I sent them like a, a really, I sent them a like portfolio of what I had done that year after I dropped out. Um, I went to community college and like took like art classes and uh, I think like a creative writing class and I think like psychology. So I like put that all into a folder and sent it to Pennsylvania homeschoolers and was like, <laughs> do like, I here. graduate? <laughs> and I don't think I ever got my diploma. What the heck? I, I mean, Why won't they send it? I don't know. I don't know if I like passed, but I've never been, I've never needed it. So. Okay. Even better. <laughs> I mean, I have like master's programs, like universities messaging me now being like, come take, we know that you didn't. Oh, I, I think I saw that. They're you like, told me about it. Yeah, they're like, we know you like don't have any credential, <laughs> but we want you come to come anyway. to come take our master's Education program. For all. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Can you tell me a little bit about your label, Chemical X, mm -hmm. um, that released the iconic Trinity mixtape in 2019? Mm -hmm. um, and what I love about this mixtape is that. One, it's on your label. Mm -hmm. And two, um, you collaborated with a lot of, you know, electronic and dance music producers, which was yeah. really special. So if you could just speak on that. Um, that was a really great summer. Um, yeah, I just, <laughs> like, yeah, I think of it so fondly. Like I just, and I, it was one of those moments where you're making something and you kind of just, know how great it is as you're making it and just I I mean I'm usually like have to balance like self-doubt and moments and like work through moments work through feeling like just going to the studio is actually work like yes we're searching for magic and we're focused on the magic but some days you know it's just like okay you know we have to mix this track now and oh I'm tired of listening to it and I'm like want to get this over with but with Trinity the whole time was like electric it was so magical mm. and I just knew it was going to be great I knew it was going to pop and um it was a very empowering moment because for the first time I was like I don't need anyone else I don't want help from anyone else I don't need anybody else I could do this on my own I know the music is going to speak for itself I don't need videos I don't need PR I don't need a campaign I don't need none of that you know just the music itself um that's amazing and it was yeah really power powerful moment um I'm really really proud of it and um and I, and I think it was a dream come true too because of the collaborations that you were taught that you mentioned. Yeah. Like I had for years fantasized about collaborating with electronic producers, like making big beats, sexy anthemic music. And, um, I, you know, I just like 
hadn't found that chemistry with anybody yet. And, um, yeah, I just like was praying for that. And then it just fell in my lap, you know, like, um, Ace lived down the street and he and I were working at hollow together and, um, you know, he was really good friends with Izzy. And then, so Izzy would pull up all the time. And then I met Lars through Izzy and, um, and then, you know, Dodros I met through show me the body and um uh Denzel was also working at Hollow with us and we were all just hanging out together and it was all just very natural and um and that's something that I really do care about I hate like forced situations mm-hmm. um unless I'm like a major fan of the person I am about to collaborate with that I don't know as like a friend I kind of shy away from those situations like um so yeah it was just a dream come true like every time we would sit down in the studio with any of those producers it was like just so fun Mm -hmm. and I also with that album I remember consciously making the decision to not to yes polish things and make things like really listen to my heart and my intuition with things but not to question myself like go with the first incl- go with the first impulse go with the first inclination because in the past i would always try to push myself more and be like well it could be this myriad of other ways so i'm going to try them all before and you know go like really like try to push myself to like play with different sounds where with trinity i was finally relaxing into myself as a songwriter completely mm. just like mm-hmm. and um yeah so it just sort of flowed out and um and i was signed to pan so That's right. l- like legally it was actually i was breaching contract to release it on my own but oh really yeah okay which is part of why I played it down as a mixtape. But to me, it's see, a fully fledged album. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I remember, yeah, I remember like chatting to Bill and being like, Bill, who runs Pan, the label that I was signed to at the time. And I was like, hey, like, um, I'm just gonna, is it okay if I just put out this like really low key, <laughs> super like thrown together casual mixtape? with like my friends mm-hmm. and he was like ah oh, that sounds cool yeah go ahead whatever and then of course it like t- I knew it was gonna be this Little monumental realize, moment yeah. yeah I remember the first <laughs> single High Tide came out and he was like damn that's a really good song <laughs> and I was like yeah it's cool <laughs> cute my little project <laughs> my little project um so yeah and then Chemical X I w- I just like actually you know I grew up homeschooled, so I didn't have television. I didn't have a lot. Like, I'm like Swiss cheese when it comes to, like, pop culture and, like, TV culture and movies and stuff. I just, like, massive holes. I'm like, what? Like, Powerpuff Girls? What's that? And I remember Izzy was like, you don't know Powerpuff Girls? Like, I need to show you Powerpuff Girls. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, he showed me Powerpuff Girls. I got obsessed immediately. And I was like, oh, my God, Chemical X. Like, that's gonna be the name of my album Mm -hmm. yeah like a special potion yeah um so yeah and then 
now I'm finally like about to sign a contract with distribution so I can start incubating new artists and release oh, other artists on the label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And stay independent. So now I've concluded my contract with Pan. So I'm now completely independent and um, yeah, going to stay that way. That's turn great. down labels from other big turn down offers from other big labels. And That's great. Like, yeah, I know. That's power, you mm-hmm. know, running your, your own business project label and yeah. being able to make those decisions autonomously. Yeah. You know, I'm really, really excited about it. Are there any artists you want to tease who will be Ooh, working with? Um, I, so part of my, um, idea with uh, chemical X is that there's three different stages of being a chemical X artist. Um, there's the, uh, gas stage and then it turns into the liquid stage and then it turns into the solid stage because I think it's like really, um, and there's, so there's, there's like this courtship period. There's like these various courtship periods. Um, because I think it's really scary and kind of messed up a lot of the time to like, before you even know what it's like to work with somebody, you sign a contract and you're locked into it for years. That's true. And, um, and I want to provide like different sort of stages of flexibility for artists and me to work together. Um, and so, yeah, like, so I'm sort of in the gaseous stage with a few <laughs> artists right now, just courting them. Like, um, I want to, um, I have like a vision to be like an executive producer for a pop project. And I've carefully selected Kira Cherie, Taco Bell DSL. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, to be the like pop star for this like little project that I want to executive produce. That's great. So I'm going to be writing songs for her. I think she's like, just like such an amazing personality and she's a really good dancer and has like a really cool type of voice. That's not being like showcased very much right now, which is like big, bolting bell of a voice like Mm. diva voice like everything is so cutesy right now and like hyper sort of like squeaky toy femme like which I love I fuck with it of course and or it's like rap or the squeaky toy femme or like hyper sort of like poppy like uh I mean I love it all I'm just I'm just saying that like I miss that kind of like early 90s like Goldie remix vocal, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. in a city lights, <laughs> in a city, you know, like just like the, those, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. and I think that she can really do that. And uh, so that's one of my visions. That sounds amazing. And then I'm also chatting with um, Nara and Cheeky. Yay. Cheeky Ma. Yeah. Cute. I love them. Yeah. The music they make together is really cool. Yeah, so talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, fun. Yeah. Exciting. Definitely think But to also really to open to like anybody that wants to send me stuff. And, Ooh, like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Send the <laughs> send the demos through. Send it through. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So wait, what are you what are you listening to right now? Ooh. Um, oh my god, I'm obsessed with the song. Tick by Maureen. Yes. Oh, and that yeah. was in the Mugler show. Yeah, which I just like, I'm addicted to that song right She's, now. yeah. Bubbling girl, <laughs> so It's such a like, fun melody. And it's just like, yeah. that's the kind of song I'd want to like, walk out to. Oh, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it just sets oh, the tone. It's so good. Yeah. That whole mix, um, Total Freedom, 
by oh, Total Freedom mm-hmm, was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that that and then um, um, I I always listen to a lot of classical music. I love classical music. I've been listening to a lot of Sibelius. Um, the concerto in D minor is like my favorite right now. And then also, um, um, I love you've pulled up the, yeah, my, <laughs> the iPhone to uh-huh. reference. Um, sex, money, drug, uh, sex, money, drugs, fucking by, uh, Ish, uh, Couture. I love that song right now. A lot of, oops, a lot of Nikki. Though that's like this French. I'm listening to a lot of French pop. Cute. Uh, Claire Lafou, I think that's how you pronounce her name. What else? <laughs> like, oh, Patrick Balaga. I've been obsessed with his album Blut. Okay. Also out on Pan. It's just gorgeous cello Ooh, music. Nice. I've been revisiting like childhood favorites, like th- that song Julian Candy by Boards of Canada. It's so pretty. Um, Baby Africa, Big Africa, her new album, Big Africa, is so good. Dina, that song, Luna, Dina Marca, Baby Sosa, Hook, um, Erica DeCassier. I think that's how you pronounce her last name, DeCassier. She's amazing. Uh, yeah, her shit is so is beautiful. It's like the it's like very Sade energy. And yeah, then my friend Donna Rhymes, I've been listening to a lot too. She's like, yeah, New York legend. Yeah. Oh, Donna. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like saying it like I know her, but we chatted about yeah. how much you were loving her music. Sexy Red, Northside, love that song. Um, Vanessa Dow, incredible song, Becoming a Nun, it's called. So good. It's like lounge vibes, really Ooh. sexy. Um, Dang, look at this. You're yeah. giving us the whole Sonic Ooh, playlist. Queen Lady Gangsta, Double Tap. That song is so good. She's from, she lives in Jamaica. She's so sick. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's I mean, probably that, good, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting to be like, oh, this one thing. You gave like a whole, yeah, I everyone love write music. it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Write them all down. Write them all down. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, because I feel like as an artist, like you must constantly be listening to so many things just for inspiration. I, I do and I don't because I, I go through periods where I actually don't listen. I'll go through like windows where I won't want to listen to anything because I'm sort of plagued by my own inspiration so much mm. that like, and I, I'm like so chronically over inspired a lot of the time that like if I listen to something, but I'm already inspired, like it will just send me into like a frenzy of like uh, just sort of manic over inspiration. And I'm like, yeah, it's weird. I like, I definitely go through like periods where I like won't listen to anything to just stay focused on (laughs) like one piece of information, like inspiration at a time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Cause I like try to, I, I, I do, I get influenced by things, but I always like end up like melting it down with something that's like almost contradicting it sonically and it it's an exhausting process in my in my mind I don't know if that makes sense no no it makes sense um so yeah I 
I definitely go through some like music fasts occasionally. <laughs> but 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 no, I do love I just love finding new music too. Yeah. yeah. When I'm in that period when I'm totally indulging in it and just like yeah. Amazing. And mm-hmm. so how how would you describe your sound? Oh <laughs> um, it's dictated by a feeling. The sound comes from a feeling first. Like I, I'm not a formulaic artist. Like I don't have a formula. Like I, I often find myself being inspired to express a feeling. And I feel like I don't know anything and I, I've never made music in my life because I have to employ new skills and new ideas to hatch this feeling. And it's like frustrating and annoying because I constantly do this to myself, but it is definitely like the a defining aspect of my sound mm. um, because, yeah, I think I make a lot of different sounding things. But then when you f- realize that about how it's made, it makes sense. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, but I would, but I would say that it, my sound is detailed lush embellished and like romantic passionate and complex like yeah yeah I love that and I mean I think we talked about this a little bit just like you existing in both the realms of like classical and performing Mm. with um you know musicians cellists harpists whoever right and then also existing in the trinity world that is very like mm-hmm. dance music mm-hmm. like yeah 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 i i i'm so happy to finally have like made a good electronic album because i you know i've came from acoustic instruments and i was always very intimidated by electronics and i the way that i entered it was was very gestural like using gear where twisting knobs and noise and textures that were like not really like um pertaining to any type of grid or structure because I was just I like really wanted to do it but you know when you're like wanting to do it and you wanted to make something so beautiful and so perfect it's hard to even start yeah yeah and so yeah I remember like just being like oh my god I can't wait to get there (laughs) and now that I've done it and then I took a break from it with Phoenix but with this new album, I'm fully back there. Um, Ooh. Yeah, like fully back with the with the electronic dance music stuff. So that's amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear. Like, it's just always such, you know, it's so unexpected. You're like, what am I? What am I getting this time? <laughs> yeah. what, what's got to keep them on their toes? You, you know, know? <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So, how would you describe your fan base? Um, I will say in doing my research and checking things out, I saw <laughs> I saw Grimes commenting oh, on yeah. your post. You have a huge fan in Grimes, which I love. Yeah. And also something I'll point out about your fans is a lot of fans get you tattooed on their body. Yeah. Like I've seen so many Earth Eater <laughs> I <know>. tattoos. God. <laughs> I mean, like, I my first my first impulse like. I, or like, it's extremely flattering, but at the same time, it's really scary. I'm like, what if they yeah. like fall out of fandom with me or something kind and like of, have right, to get yeah. it removed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, no, it's, I, I, I once made a post and I was like, if you get an Earth Eater tattoo bigger than 
three by three inches, then you get into all Earth Eater shows for free. Okay. And I think my fans took it very seriously. PSA. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yo, people pulling up, just showing like, some skin. Yeah, yeah. Yo, that's crazy. Venues are going to hate me because, like, they're right. not going to be selling tickets. Just, like, kids <laughs> just coming through with, like, Earth Eater tattooed across their forehead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the fan base is really all over. Actually, yeah. so you Definitely just— all over the place. Uh, you— you draw such a crowd. We you just performed yeah. at the Baroque Ball, yeah. and the crowd was so cute. People, yeah. first of all, were dressed up in their little <laughs> their little wigs and outfits, <laughs> which was amazing. I was like, wh- I was like, first of all, what is Baroque? I was like, is this medieval times? Yeah. What are we giving here? But everyone <laughs> looked amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, everybody pulled a look. Yeah, it made me so happy. Yeah, like looking at the videos <laughs> of the show, just like these powdered wigs, like dotted throughout the audience, and the fact that like that crowd surf was so oh, right. long. It really was. Yeah, and it was all girls. Amazing. It was all little girls that held me up for yes. so long. I was like, just wow, what a moment! <laughs> I like, awe. I will remember that. The day that I die, probably. Yeah. yeah. Be like, oh, that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing to witness. I was just like, oh, you know? Um, so something that I love about you, you have such a powerful presence when it comes to honoring your sexuality uh. and how that manifests, mm-hmm. you know, in your creative expression. Mm-hmm. So how did you reach this level of confidence when it comes to loving your body, oh. feeling that embodiment and finding, you know, sexual liberation through performing and mm. the music? Um, yeah. Ooh. Well, I was, yeah, sexuality was very stigmatized growing up. Um, so, yeah, it was like, you know, just constantly being yelled at and grounded for wearing like shorts that were too short or like, you know, any cleavage or any of this. Like, um, yeah, it was very, yeah. And when, when we went to the monastery to church, I had to have all the girls had to have your head, heads covered. Mm-hmm. Long skirts down to the floor, no, like sleeves down to your wrists, like no ankles, no wrists, covered hair, no hair showing. Um, and like being constantly in trouble because it was like I was somehow too sexual still, you know, like going through puberty and like just the curves starting to bust and then you're like in trouble for it. Right, right. Um, and I just like... <clears throat> I remember very clearly realizing the moment when I was a hundred percent sure that I like was not about the church and like being the religion that I was raised in was when I first felt the first glimmers of like my sexual power. Mm. And you know, I was like seven or eight or whatever, you know, but I was just like, wow. Realizing the power of like, Femme sexuality, mm-hmm, especially, mm-hmm. and like being like, that's my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what I'm gonna be about. And, um, but for some reason, like, I definitely in the beginning, I like kept getting into relationships with men that wanted to control it. And I remember always just being like so frustrated with that. And I think just took years of like slowly like deprogramming and. I found at times like 
I was actually scared of my my sexuality. Like I have this video um, called Clustra, short for claustrophobia. And um, I filmed this video in Père Lachaise, which is the graveyard in oh, Paris. I love and I'm like Lachaise. sort of very, and like in that moment, like in performing, I very often would get this feeling of like possession and like fully embodying this like hyper, like sexual, mm. like energy and and then sort of feeling embarrassed about it afterwards and like with the video like I sat on it for years before I released it because I was like now I'm like just seems so silly to me mm-hmm. I'm so beyond that now right but I feel like especially in like interviews and stuff it's important to like remember and talk about like how I wasn't always this way right you know? yeah, I really yeah, wasn't yeah. and um and it took years to really get there. But like the more I just confronted that fear and like just didn't, wasn't going to care what anyone said or like what anyone thought and just do, because it feels so good to just go there. And there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And um, yeah, it's really crazy how people want to control it. Yeah, know? yeah. No, I mean, I think that's something like, many people artists everyone Mm -hmm. has contended with right that like sense of empowerment or independence um within your own body yeah yeah Yeah, I mean and I like I (laughs) I lived for eight years with my friend Ruth who's the landlady and she's like you know in her 70s and she's very much I would say a second wave feminist where she like would be side-eyeing me when I would walk out of the house to a party with like you know my little slutty outfits on (laughs) and her being like you know you're just catering to the male gaze oh wow interesting I'm like Ruth that's your like own misogyny talking like I'm doing this for me you know Mm -hmm. and um it's weird how like I'll be like confronted on it as if it's like something bad Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know but yeah, I love it. Like even the cover for um, Phoenix. Oh yes, oh I was like, I remember being like, "Am I really gonna do this? This is kind of <laughs> crazy." <laughs> but now I'm sort of addicted to that feeling. Like when you confront this fear and mm-hmm. excitement in you, I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Take like facing it head on mm-hmm. and facing like seeing yeah what comes next. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I was waiting for all like the crazy like trolley like fart jokes but they never happened weird wait that's amazing because <laughs> like the flames coming out of my ass is like what did she eat like you're like trolling yourself I was to trolling. prepare that's a, i find myself doing that a lot like before i release something i'm like my my mind will always find all the ways in which the trolls trolls will be able to pull something apart and then i'll be like oh no they're gonna say this and that and whatever fuck mm-hmm. it i'm gonna put it obviously i don't care but still you know i'm like thinking that way and then weirdly it doesn't yeah i that's mean i have great. trolls but like it's pretty it's not, i mean it's nothing crazy yeah that's kind of just the way <laughs> yeah, of social media exactly so um Okay, so popping back to Mugler, mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit about the soundtrack. So you are a longtime Mugler girl. You've walked yeah, in three seasons. Now. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you walked in their latest spring 2021 collection, which was in the form of a runway film, uh-huh. um, and it was 
kind of like it it took over the internet a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it had an amazing cast. It had Alec Weck, Bella Hadid, Dominique Jackson, Hunter Schaefer, Kembra Fowler, Omahira Mota, and Patia of Patia's Fantasy World, among mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell me about that experience? Like I literally saw like Megan the Stallion like re share it or oh re whatever. Oh, yes. Like it reached multiple I do remember levels. That. Oh. oh my God. Like, yeah, just such an honor. <laughs> um and so fun. And that team is so great. Haley, Casey, um, and just all the designers and all the amazing, um, talented artists that they work with um yeah I don't know it's that show the last one in particular I had just filmed the video in Kiev the day before I had flown back the day before and I had shot until 4 a.m and then my flight was at 7 a.m so I couldn't yeah and then I went straight to the shoot and I was just dead I couldn't (laughs) believe it like or I went straight to the fitting um and then I had like and then the show, show was the next day so yeah, I was just bam, 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 bam. Uh, but that's the life. So uh, yeah, I gotta, gotta just embrace it. Yeah. It was very, and then there was a huge snowstorm that day and it was like, um, yeah, just really epic on all fronts. But uh, I, I remember feeling quite, all like almost on the brink of tears <laughs> like oh. when I was walking. Like I look really powerful. I look like I'm totally just like fierce owning it. I'm like, wow, they really nice worked out. But just to be honest, you know, it's always interesting. I think to realize it's not like, you know, not always like exactly things aren't always what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like so exhausted. Um, yeah, I think I remember I like got home and I like burst into tears. I was just so tired. <laughs> and then when I, and I was, and I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm going to just look so pathetic. Cause that was like the energy that I was feeling. And then when it came out, I was like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so, uh, fashion feels like a really big component to, your you know how you express yourself creatively Mm -hmm. um you know how how does fashion and style play a role in your life Mm -hmm. what um I don't know how does it make you feel like I feel like especially for performers it's Mm -hmm. almost like your armor right and you Mm -hmm. come out in whatever fit that's gonna make you ready to get in the zone and perform yeah I have always um embrace that part of it and I am I'm definitely very holistic about my work so what I wear is very important to like translate what the sound is too you know and Mm -hmm. like um but I would say that the way that my music take is very much of a chameleon so so is my style I love like I'm just conceptually claustrophobic like I don't like being just pigeonholed in any way mm-hmm. or or like letting people have any sort of expectation of me um so yeah I'm like every day is a new day it's a new totally new it could be a new me you know mm-hmm. and I think that like so my closet and fashion it's just like the clothes are like language so I'm trying to just like be have a thesaurus if you will <laughs> Um, 
And um, yeah, it's like poetry, you know, it's like the nuance of mixing styles and the like the right kind of clash. And um, yeah, it's sort of like a simulacrum to the sound. But the fashion world being embraced by the fashion world is great. I mean, I I love the fashion bitches. They're like, <laughs> they're not pretending to be not fake. You know what I mean? Like, right, they're right. like, yeah, like my bag is my life. And, you know, that, but that's very real to me. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> there, there's not like this fake authenticity happening, which you get in the music world a lot. Like more like, posturing. Yeah, or- exactly. And it's just very like real about what um, it's giving, which mm-hmm. is, you know, vapidity (laughs) (laughs) frivolous vapidness um no I yeah it's like well just I like craft too things that are well made um is just so great like you know spending a little bit more money to get something that's gonna last for a long time and anything that's like um yeah an investment and feels good um yeah I mean but Bread and butter, like definitely the fashion world have made me live in, you know, more comfortably and just mm-hmm. have like um, a real career in this. Like, because there's such little stability in what the music industry is serving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like scoring fashion shows and scoring fashion commercials and fashion movies and showing up to little you know things and getting paid has been um a very big part of how I survive yeah so I'm really grateful for it yeah no that's amazing yeah. um so running in obviously the music world and the fashion world do you ever find yourself getting starstruck does that ever happen or you're kind of like this is fine this uh, who is did I get starstruck <laughs> I think it does happen I'll be like oh my god um you mostly know mostly I'm like oh yeah like whatever like yeah. here we are people um oh I saw I mean this has not in my world but I was like at Bloomingdale's and I saw Omar from The Wire and I was really starstruck <laughs> that is so I love him I love him so much speak and also fashion icon yeah definitely Omar from The Wire, fashion icon. Okay, I, that's been on my watch list for so long, and it's oh. like you know what I'm saying. It's when you watch something like that, it's you're, it's an, you got to be ready to like watch just, multiple. Yeah, seasons, exactly. So. I I definitely did not have a life when I watched you're The right. Wire. You just yeah. going yeah. to the. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Musically, um, you've collaborated with a lot of folks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who is someone musically you'd love to mm-hmm. collaborate with next? Oh my God, Rihanna. Um, <laughs> but she's never going to make music again. So uh, she may, she maybe. may. I, so, I would love to like be like one of the consultants musically mm. for a Rihanna track. That would be amazing. Um, Young Thug. Oh, that would, I mean, <laughs> that would, I, if you did that, I would find a way to make myself a part I of it. <laughs> Um, and then maybe like Britney Spears. How did I know you were going to say Britney Spears? I was just thinking about really? it. Yeah. Britney. Let's get you out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. I, I like that. Okay, that's, cool. that's a lot of very different artists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's manifest it. Mm-hmm. Those okay. are your next collaborations. Mm-hmm. 
Um, how would you, I mean, you kind of answer this already a little bit, but how would you like classify your, your journey in Mm. the music industry? Like how have you seen maybe specifically the New York landscape changing? Um, you know, what, are some of your favorite places to perform? Are you more particular about that now, having, you know, been an artist for many years? Mm, yeah, uh, it's definitely changed a lot, but I would say for the, yeah, for the better. Yeah. yeah. Like there were many years where I was just like so deeply depressed at shows. I mean, and I was still like in, like, you know, just like noise bro world. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's like, there was definitely some cool things about what was happening then, but like, I'm just so glad to be over that. <laughs> um, the, there's way less instruments being played, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Cause I got that on lock. I'm like, it's kind of hard to know actually right now because we've been so on a pause standstill yeah, for the yeah. last year. I'm really curious to know actually what is happening. Yeah. Like I, I think I'll like. I'd be able to answer that question in like a month or two. Right, right. When I see what's actually about to like bust. Because yeah. people have been justizing for this year. And I think it there's going to be a lot of really cool work that happens. Yeah, that emerges mm-hmm. like, or that emerges, mm-hmm. you know, after. Yeah, this mm-hmm. long period of like, okay, sitting on ideas. But yeah, as far as like sort of framing my journey or something or like timelining it, is that like a little bit like... Yeah, it's just, it's been so fucking great. Like, one thing that I'm really proud of and that I, I'm worried a little bit for, like, a lot of babies coming into it now is that I really put in a lot of work. And the steps are, like, small. Like, the reward is very little in the beginning. And that's okay. And the re- But you have to just, like keep your eye on the prize and like find the romanticism of the struggle. Like, you know, you, and, um, I'm noticing a lot with a lot of younger people starting out right now is that I think because of the hyper exhibitionism of social media, there's this pressure to come out the gates blazing and have it just Mm. pop like first thing, you know, and it's like zero to 60 success story. And it's so unrealistic. And I think that that like the fear of that not happening then ends like it ends with them not doing anything and like, Mm -hmm. or like working on their debut album for years and years and years and years. And before you know it, they're like, you know, it's, they've missed that. Like, not that they missed it, but like, you know, they could have, been a little more humble and like just kind of started putting out albums without these like grandiose expectations Mm. and um and I see a lot of like depression and frustration and analysis paralysis happening and um I'm like yo y'all need to chill (laughs) and make something beautiful yes be proud of it make sure everything is right but be resourceful. Yes, you're probably going to have to function with no budget. And um like, yeah, and then that's like 
creating this the fire that creates a smoke signal that then catches the eye of someone. It's like that's all a process and it takes time and it takes work and it takes patience and it takes humility and even though people talk a lot of shit on celebrity, there's like this still the idea of sub celebrity or celebrity is permeates a lot of people's psyche right now. And um I'm I do I don't miss it's not that I miss because I don't want to go back but something that was cultivated in the underground before was this sense of just um intimate community and being enough of a reward system for what you create or something and I think that I see that struggling a little bit sometimes mm. um mm. No, that's a good point. I, I totally hear what you mean. And especially- And I'm with, not saying it's everybody. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah. I, I have noticed that. Yeah. Way more than when I was younger making right. music. Like people yeah. weren't, like I, I've, I've had to have pep talk so many of my oh. younger friends that are like head in their hands, like crying, like being like, I'm 24. I'm waste. I'm like wasting my early twenties mm, and I haven't done pressure, anything yet. Yeah. Or like they'll put out one song and they'll be like, nobody noticed it. Mm. And it's like, yeah, you, yeah. A lot of people noticed it, but it, you're not, yes, you're not trippy red all of a sudden, like, <laughs> you know, but like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's hard because so many people do just come up overnight. It is with true. They, social but media. That's what I mean. The exhibition of that. Yeah. I, think it, I think it does. We, we do see that happening a yeah, lot. Yeah. And I, so, yeah. The exactly. illusion of it all. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what piece of advice would you give to those people? Uh, <laughs> to um, trust yourself and trust the process and and definitely release, make sure that you are really proud of what you release. But things will build on top of, you'll, you'll like, you have to build slowly. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Just take your time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but take your time, but actually making music, like making a lot of music, because mm-hmm. I do also see this thing happening where they'll make like a couple songs and all of it, they're jumping to the idea that it's like their whole career is going to be built off of a couple songs. Mm. You know, it's like you to really sharpen your sword. Mm-hmm. and become powerful as a musician, as an artist, you have to develop your prolific side and like making more. I just, you know, making, just working, sharpening, sword, making more. Mm-hmm. I and, love re- that. and remembering the music it starts with the music. It's not your Instagram followers. It's not the outfit you wear in your music video. That all matters, but like it's the music, number one. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, okay, so my last question that I ask every guest is mm-hmm. to please tell me a secret. <gasps> oh, <laughs> Ooh. oh. <laughs> um, or even like I'm a f- dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a really slow reader. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else like talent you have a skill Mm. magic tricks my my party trick that i am so glad i retired was eating pennies (gasps) oh god (laughs) (laughs) okay please say more (laughs) yeah just like people get a kick out of 
me eating a penny or Like two. you swallow the penny. Yeah. And then what happens? I don't know. They wish on it and... Yeah, you wish on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually a really good wish. Maybe I'll have to swallow another penny for somebody mm-hmm. that needs it. Right, right. Yeah, you, the wishing you just, well. I am the wishing well. You are the wishing well. Okay, that's that's definitely a good secret. I am the wishing well. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I love that. Okay, I think okay. that's a good weird one. This is becoming ASMR. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this being so my fun. guest, Alex. Yeah, this is great. Love you very much. Love you. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Cultured Magazine podcast, Points of View. We look forward to bringing you exciting interviews with artists and their visions for the future every month. Thank you to the podcast team for making this happen. To our editor, Randy Chapman, our sound engineer, Lars Probert, our theme music by Color Plus, and Cultured Magazine. 